Hello and welcome back to Meet the Chefs. Today I'm in Barcelona, where I'll be based for the next few months. My first podcast from here is a really interesting one with Omar's Pastelleria. Amelia, originally from Argentina and with a background in marketing, has set up her own cake-making business from her home kitchen that she shares with her friends. Now this is a complete switch up from the conventional restaurant industry that we often find ourselves based in. But I really like to move from Michelin style cuisine to a bit of street food and then unique ideas like this. It gives us such a unique insight and lets us hear about the unique challenges that she has faced. And it's also a delight to hear the joy that she takes from it. Apologies in advance for the background noise and the wind. My microphone is still on the way to me here in Spain and we were talking outside on a busy Saturday morning. Enjoy. Okay, so welcome back everyone to another Meet the Chefs and today we've got a new country, a new person. We're joined by Emilia and I was wondering, Emilia, if we are here, sitting in Barcelona, if you'd like to just sort of pitch yourself and tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, hi everyone, thank you for having me. Um, I'm from Buenos Aires in Argentina, South America. I'm living in Barcelona since a year ago. I'm truly happy here, climate, people, everything, the vibe is great. And uh, three months ago, I decided I wanted to change my career into the uh, pastry or bakery industry. But uh, more than an industry, I think it's a passion. I always got it. I'm about to turn 30 years and something has woken up inside me. And that's why I founded Omama Pasteleria. Um, it's a home bakery where I bake uh, cakes. Mm -hmm. I do it because I always enjoy doing it for friends and family as a, as a gift. And, and because the moment you light the candles and you mm -hmm. sing, I think it's something global that brings us together, that everyone makes time for at least staying for the cake you know when you're yep. in a in a reunion with friends or with your family and i think i i enjoy uh, that part of my birthday and others birthday uh, the most so the main idea of omama is to bring joy to birthdays okay. and celebrations of course so what were you doing before and what brought you to barcelona yeah i'm a marketer i always work in big multinational mm -hmm. companies I enjoy it a lot. I'm not doubting of, of going back, but um, I came here because of the, my boyfriend's um, work. Um, I work here as well as a marketer in an event agency. It was really great. I got to know Barcelona in, in all of these uh, sites, but I think it's the, the need to transcend and do something else that not only 9 to 5, of course this also has a lot of, mm -hmm. of time invested, yeah, of course. but when you work in your passion, it changes a lot. I mean, uh, time flies, whether I'm in the kitchen cooking, I'm decorating, I'm doing budget or uh, purchases for the cake, mm -hmm. but I don't know, I'm kind of distracted or yeah, in the moment, course. present. Yeah, when you're doing what you love, it's not its not really work. I mean, what's, exactly. the, what's been the biggest challenge for you trying to take something that you love and that you enjoy and make it into a business? What's been really difficult? At this moment, of course, when you start a business, 
business you need investment mm -hmm. and also a lot of uh, logistics packaging mm -hmm. and I think uh, that's why I started it at home because I want to create community I want to have a name before mm -hmm. I open a, a restaurant mm -hmm. and also um, I'm not uh, formally trained mm -hmm. uh, as, a, as a baker or as a chef so I want to first invest in myself mm -hmm. uh, and I think the challenge is there, getting professional. Although I, I love what I do, I, I would like to, to find some investors, um, get, get the thing with the logistics because uh, sending, shipping a cake is not that busy as maybe a burger. Uh -huh. But uh, I think I'm going, I'm going to make it. And how, did you, how did you get your first customers? Because it must be extremely difficult to start something completely from scratch especially as you've only just moved here. It's not like you have loads of connections all over the place. Yeah. So how on earth did you manage to get those first customers and that traction to make it viable? I have a small group of friends, so mm -hmm. of course they were before paying me and before yeah. this even exists as a, as a formal uh, enterprise. I, I haven't tried everything. Um, they were the ones that recommended me, but most importantly, I think it's social network. I opened an Instagram as first step. Mm -hmm. I'm now building my website, but I think a website without a community won't get any visits. Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't matter if you do all the work as, yes. a, as a marketing. I, I'm well aware what you have to do for a website to work, but people have to know you. So what I did is two things, mouth to mouth, mm -hmm. uh, but also I opened I opened a Google My Business and that's the first step that everyone can do from its own home or of course if you have a restaurant better but it doesn't require a, a physical uh, customers mm -hmm. uh, sure. yeah so uh, that got uh, put me into the map mm -hmm. literally yep. and I have uh, some customers that uh, luckily for me they already repeated orders uh -huh. so that's uh, also Great yeah. advice and yeah. great, um, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, valuification. Gives you, exactly. Gives you that sort of, you know you're doing like, something right. Yeah, they didn't make it by mistake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And did you have to invest in loads of equipment or were you able to just keep going with what you had? Actually, uh, quite small. I uh -huh. mean, uh, the, the investment was mostly in packaging, mm -hmm. but I already... Gracias. Un plato stand-up mixer mm -hmm. uh, that's the most important thing yeah. in this and you already had one which is yeah very lovely. otherwise uh, some creams I, I do it manually but otherwise I would have the Popeye yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, arms by yeah. now <laughs> yeah so uh, I received that as a gift last year so as you're hearing I I will uh, give some hints of how this started uh, rising into, into me yeah. exactly last year I always wanted one I had a small one in Buenos Aires, but mm -hmm. I have to leave it because yeah. it, it yeah, doesn't fit. Not good yeah. to bring on the plane. <laughs> so that's the first one. I'm planning to buy another one, and I have plenty of space in the in the fridge. That's 
something important too. And uh, I think what I mostly bought were, um, how do you say? Uh, boxes. Boxes, exactly. Um, but yeah, and uh, doing a lot of um, research in new recipes because every oven is different, every cake has different uh, cooking times, ingredients. I learned how to do a uh, brown butter frosting from uh -huh. my from my um, carrot cake, uh -huh. so I have a different and, uh, flavor yeah. from other uh, carrot cakes you can try in Barcelona. Sure. And so. how, I mean, how are you learning this stuff? Is it from YouTube? Is it from books? Is it just sort of inventing it yourself? Well, actually, it started when I was really small because uh -huh. my grandmother, from the side of my mom, was actually an architect, but she came, uh, she developed as a uh, pastry chef as well mm -hmm. and she thought a lot of the basics to me uh, what does the flour do what does the sugar do uh, what if you do more egg yolks than eggs itself mm -hmm. and that's how I understand uh, recipes now thanks to that uh, knowledge and every time someone I mean I have a catalog but if someone contacts me with another um, order that I don't have in my Catalog. I always do some research in the internet. It's amazing how many uh, self-taught um, pastry chefs have uh, also. Uh, they're writing about shirt. what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah there are a lot. Uh, I can't remember now the one that's my favorite, but I will do it uh, later. So I will link can. it below. Yeah, exactly. But uh, it's really interactive and, and easy going to to learn with her. Um, she's living in New York. I, I will share it. Amazing. And yeah, I'm I'm also curious. I mean, when you're curious about something, you you're eager to learn. You, yeah, you don't struggle with with getting to know uh, different techniques and stuff. Amazing. And I mean, what's there are so many different types of cakes. What is the most popular order that people keep coming back for? Okay. Well, I'm not Argentinian for nothing, so we love dulce de leche. This is a, mm -hmm. uh, I think worldwide is known as caramel, yeah. but it's but different slightly different. Yeah. Thicker. Yeah. yeah. It's similar to a ganache. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I do a lot of stuffing with uh, mm -hmm. dulce de leche, and my favorite, my most uh, mostly ordered cake is the brownie dulce de leche oh. and. Swiss meringue uh, cake, so it's three layer uh -huh. and really sweet. So it's for those paladars who like to uh -huh. get really um, sugary yeah, yeah, taste. Yeah, yeah. Um, my favorite is are all cakes with uh, fruit. Yeah, key lime amazing. pie, strawberry, oh, key lime pie, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking, we were talking just before about cheesecake. You're a big cheesecake fan. Yeah. Any, any yeah. particular? What's your because that sort of reminds me of key lime pie a little bit because it's got meringue and that sort of slightly exactly. different pastry base. What's your favorite place for a cheesecake in Barcelona? Because it's so typical, right, of Spain, not necessarily yeah. Barcelona, but. Yeah, I always love the, the cooked cheesecake because you know that's one yeah. that, that gets only the into country. the fridge. Yeah. Exactly. So the New York cheesecake. Mm -hmm. And here I tried for the first time um, kind of salty mm -hmm. cheesecake where you, you can add some uh, uh, sweet jello, but it's mostly the cheese that's the main character mm -hmm. there. And there's a place that it's called the Hidden Japanese, El Japonese uh -huh. Escondido, yeah. that has a really great 
matcha and gorgonzola cheesecake. Amazing. Yeah, but well, they really sort of make the cheese the focus of the cheesecake, exactly. which is actually really novel, especially exactly. outside of Spain and, and in England, exactly. it's completely different. Yeah. And certainly in England, there's, and I think across Europe as well, there's increasing dietary requirements with gluten-free and vegan and vegetarian. Have you found yourself catering to all of those different needs? Yeah, uh, just the other day I got a request from a celiac uh, man. He he's not that much of intolerant because I can't guarantee the non. Sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. So he he told me to do instead of I I offered actually instead of brownie a marquise. That's a similar taste but without the flour. So yeah. It was it was pretty easy, and we got, uh, last week I was contacted by a girl from Chile. Mm -hmm. uh, she she saw my profile, but she was trying uh, to know if I have vegan options, mm -hmm. and that's also something that I want to try. There's a lot of, of substitute, substitute, substitutes 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 <laughs> uh, to egg and another uh -huh. uh, animal uh, ingredients. So I would like to to do some. Some research. Experimenting, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What's in terms of finding ingredients for your because it's such a small scale? Yeah. How how often are you making cakes? What's your turnover like? Mostly uh, when weekend is coming, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, and I do about five uh, cakes each week. Wow. Okay. So, Again, I'm just starting. Yeah. It's a three months yeah, but still, idea. Yeah. You don't have very much more capacity than that realistically. Exactly, it's my own kitchen, so yeah, yeah I, I couldn't do it. And I have a pick-a-point uh, system where I try to not to stuff my, my whole fridge uh -huh. uh, because I live with, with uh, other people, people. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, mostly I, I deliver on uh, by the end of the week or, or on Saturdays and yeah, that, that allows me to, to do it at home and my plans are to move yeah. to a bigger kitchen or maybe hidden kitchens that mm -hmm. are popular here in Barcelona yeah. for chefs that don't own a restaurant yet. So yeah. It's, yeah, so is that the plan for the future then? Not necessarily a, a physical site with a storefront, but a different kitchen, a, a ghost kitchen scenario. Exactly, exactly. The main idea is that, of course, it takes a lot of investment. I'm, uh, I'm uh, new in the town. So I wanted first to experiment and that's a really great advice. I mean, first experiment with what you have. Mm -hmm. Uh, my own uh, stand-up mixer, yeah. my kitchen, and that. And then, if you feel comfortable, if you find yourself uh, thriving, mm -hmm. you can think about the next step. And actually, um, the name of the brand is Omama because my grandmother was called Omama. I'm from a German family, Amazing. and Oma is the word for grandma in, yeah, in, in German. Our grandmas are called Omama. And mine was, as I said, an architecture, but she developed into a baker, always from her kitchen. It was really small. She did uh, about 70 cakes a week. Wow. We don't understand, but I have the, the image of her um, table with a lot of cakes on top and a lot of layers and things and cream and everything so the idea is to pick up that legacy and turn it into a, a physical place where people can enjoy those recipes so Amazing. it would be 
it would be amazing if you can yeah. make it work. Yeah. So we're just going to finish with some quick fire questions about the food scene in Barcelona because okay. this is going to be the first of many podcasts in Barcelona. So I'm going to be surveying surveying opinion. Okay. So I want to hear your favorite restaurant in Barcelona. Um, I would say the Japanese Escondido. Wow. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. So we've already had that one. Favorite bar. Favorite bar. Um, let me think. There are a lot. Uh-huh. Can we? Yeah, of course. Because I don't remember the name. Okay, we've pulled some for some research, but we're back with. Yeah. With Bobby's Free, it's my advice for everyone visiting Barcelona. It has a great atmosphere. It's a speakeasy, but you you get to experience another era, and yeah, it's great. And uh, the cocktails are amazing. And favorite cheat foods for when you like you have a bad day, you just need a quick go to. Yeah. A bit really I really, really love sushi. Um, there's a place called Uramaqueria. Uh-huh. I I lived in Polisek and it's uh, there. I, I think they have another uh, franchise, but uh-huh. La Uramaqueria. Uh-huh. And okay, two more. Favorite pizza? Mm, la Napoli Centrale. I okay. love Italian. Uh, margarita pizza and they have it. And most overrated place in Barcelona? Well, I think a lot of rooftops. Yeah. They charge you Double. Uh, 20 eight, euros eight for a cocktail. Euros, yeah, 8 euros for some uh, olives. So yeah. <laughs> you have amazing views, but my recommendation is go upstairs, drink one beer, one cocktail, uh-huh. do the views, and then go eat somewhere else because yeah. Barcelona has a great uh, gastronomy offer. So. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for, for, for like, speaking to me and um, yeah, everyone, if you're in Barcelona, give, give your cakes from you, it'd be absolutely amazing. Thank, thank you. you, thank you, Oli. Thanks so much again to Amelia for talking to me and I can tell you that her brownies were delicious. Make sure that you stay tuned because we have got some amazing podcasts coming up. We're going to be hearing from Viral Sensations, Churarias, Michelin star restaurants and next week I'll be coming to you from Madrid. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow on Instagram at Oli Eats It All, that's O-L-I Eats It All, to make sure that you never miss a thing. I'll see you next time for more Meet the Chefs.